the VOB sounds to me like it's an old school rapper, like the DOC, (laughs) Dr. Dre, like, yeah, we got the VOB over here, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's very weird to sit next to the crystal. (laughs) I love it. I forget to love it. And the 40. Welcome to episode 95 of The Mashup, the best brewing conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your host, Anthony and Steven. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Steven. So over the weekend, uh, I'm sure some of you saw it, I took a little trip to Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Boot, scoot, and boogie. There you go. And we went down there for a birthday party. This is already sounding really good. I'm liking the sounds of this. So we get to the hotel, which is... I mean, maybe a couple streets over from the main the main strip downtown. Oh, we go. So you're going there for a birthday party. Like, what's the connection? Like, you're just down there in Nashville. Like, did you go down there specifically to celebrate a birthday? Somebody lived down there. What's going on? Uh, friends were up here. Now they moved down there. Okay. And it's it was he was celebrating a big birthday. Okay. So we went down there to celebrate with him. Nice. And uh, so we did a little top golf. Ah, sweet. You know, I've never done that. I've now done Vegas and now Nashville. So you've done both Vegas and Nashville Top Golf. Yes. Any difference or the same as like a big franchise? No, Vegas is the flagship. Okay. I didn't know that. It's a a total of four stories. Okay. Nashville's three. Uh, Vegas has a pool, a bar, a sports bar. What? Yeah. So you can like hit some balls and then like go jump in the pool? Yes. Oh, man. TV's like two, two, three story, like tall, like TV matrix going on. It's pretty wild. So, Top Golf, Las Vegas, better than. Ah, no, Nashville was great. Nashville was, was great. It was still okay. fun. It was just, I mean, Vegas is just over the top. I got you. So, um, well, we need one of those in Lexington. You want to open one? Me and you will partner and open a Top Golf in Lexington. Well, they're actually opening a. It's called a Par Six by Top Golf. Oh, they are already. It, it's over at the mall. Dang, man! They already beat us too. And it's an indoor simulator. Okay. So we're hitting against the screen, but at least you can play a course. Okay. So. We'll go over there and do it. Yeah, I think that sounds fun. All right, back to the bars and the parties. Yeah, Let's so see about this. Before dinner, we took a little stroll down, I don't know if it's Broadway or the main strip there. Okay. And uh, pre-gaming. We, yeah, we went in and out of a couple of the, I don't know if they're honky-tonks or just the bars. Honky-tonks. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the honky-tonk man at all? I, I think so. <laughs> that place has become so, like, there are so many people. So it was it was January. Yeah. It was overcast and kind of spitting rain. It wasn't the warmest. Yeah. And the sidewalks were packed. Oh, just like, like nonstop. Yeah. People like just I everywhere. can't imagine what that place is going to look like during summertime. They're going to have to close the street because there's going to be no people going to overflow into the street. Well, it's been years since I've been to Nashville. It and changed, it's changed since probably the last time. Okay. Been. Yeah. All right. Like we went to one, we went to Alan Jackson's bar. Oh, sweet. And we uh, went to another one. And they're all like three, four stories, right? They all have a rooftop. Yeah. Every floor has a band or some performer. And um, and the floors move. <laughs> oh, no way. Really? I don't think these, uh, whatever, whenever they were built, were meant for hundreds, that kind of, of, stuff. hundreds of people per level. <laughs> so I'm sure they reinforcement because that would be a horrible look for Nashville if like that had collapsed or something. Yeah. But yeah, the floors are moving. Dang, man. So we were up on top and um, I took that. That's where I took the video and I put it on Instagram. But they had these interesting like buses that were going around. Okay. So if, you know, the bars aren't good enough for you, you can get into some sort of like party bus with like all like um, plexiglass surrounding. Okay. And just dance. 
with neon lights and everyone so, could see you and you could see everyone and, and really? you're, you're driving down the strip. That sounds several, like several different varieties of versions. <laughs> Everywhere from just like there's a couple people in it to all like a drag like a drag show version okay. was going down. Did you uh, did you partake uh, at no. all? No, you're not gonna find me in a, in a plexiglass where thousands of eyes are watching me white boy dance. I was thinking the other way around. I'm thinking that might get me in trouble. You might find me in a plexiglass <laughs> dancing over there, getting into all kind of trouble. But oh, that's crazy. So, what was your favorite? Um, I guess since you were down there with other folks, like what was your favorite experience there? Like, did you pick one? If you had to pick one, what would it be? Like a favorite drink? Did you see any good bourbon down there? Since since people listening to the show might care about bourbon, I don't know if they do or not. They may or may not. Honestly, we did not partake too much in the bourbon scene down there. Okay, or we did. We looked the the hotel bar actually had a pretty good selection. Decent uh, prices too, or no? Uh, that I don't know. I'm sure okay. they weren't because their their mixed drinks were anywhere from. 15 to 17 oh, geez. on the co- uh, cocktail wise. Yeah. I'm sure they were high, but they actually had a decent little selection. That's cool. Um, yeah. We went out and I think we got like wine and beer. I got you for the evening. That's um, a little bit more steady when you're going to be out having multiple drinks. You can't yeah. like just go out and like Hulk the <laughs> bourbon pounding. Like, let me have a double shot of this and a double shot of that. And then I'll see you maybe in a couple hours. Line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. It was fun. Yeah. I mean that place, I was also wondering like, what is it like? when they close. Oh yeah. Like are just people out in the street for like a half hour and it's just chaos. Well, I, I can't speak to that, but I do know that the one year I was probably like trying to think how old I was 21 or 20. No, it's 21. I had to be 21. We went down to spring break in Florida mm-hmm. and we planned to stop in Nashville on the way back. And that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is it was after spring break. <laughs> so you're already like, okay, I drank every day and I'm already a mess and now I'm down here. But the funniest thing I remember is like, you know, so I'm Greek and everything. And when I get tan, I get really tan. Yeah. And so I was getting a lot of strange looks in the country bar that we were at because I don't think anybody could tell what ethnicity, race, whatever I was because I was so dark and it was, it was made for a fun night though. Like Nashville's a really fun city. So, I mean, that's cool. I'd love to go back now. I mean, I've gone with the kids recently and done Opryland and stuff, but that's not like what you guys no. did. Yeah, not at all. So as we're leaving one of the places, going to another one, we were right in the middle of one alternate altercation. Oh yeah, like a little too much to drink altercation. I don't like know. Somebody's mad. I don't know what was going on, but like this, <laughs> this female and male came into came in one door. Okay, and the bouncers were, you know, they got past the bouncers, and this other guy was like trying to get through the bouncers to the guy, and the guy was like, "Don't let him in." <laughs> and, then, and then they were exchanging pleasantries beer muscles yeah and then they <laughs> that couple went up the stairs yeah. and we like waited because i didn't know what was going to happen so we went out another door we took like four steps and all of a sudden like stuff Dude, was happening rushing them so <laughs> they had like four bouncers and so they basically just uh mu- this was, was a pretty big guy yeah and just muscled him to the street oh you just like put him like like walked him out right like, like straight they, through i mean he was walking on his own but they were I mean, he wasn't going anywhere and they have a good, they have a pretty good system. And they were like, and those bouncers were like, Hey, Hey, cause there were cops along, along the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then they basically took over at that point. Oh, of course. So there wasn't like any need for chaos. It was like, they just basically moved the, 
move the problem to the street. Well, that's gotta make you feel good. And then the, the cops basically took over at that point. Yeah. So that's nothing like the way things are happening in Cleveland. When we lived in Cleveland, there was no bouncers and no no cops in the street. It was just people exacting justice on one another in the <laughs> bars. <laughs> like, you looked at me wrong. Come here. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah. Well, so. that's good. But hey, Nashville, great city. I'm glad that y'all had a good time down there. That's uh, I got to get down there now and experience it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's quite the scene. I'm sure. So we had one anonymous five-star review this week. Uh, we did. Well, we like to have something to talk about or review to read. But I appreciate the five star. Exactly. Um, they so. at least took the time to do that. So that's yeah. great. That's grateful. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Five Star. Wherever you're at out there, we thank you humbly. We, we from, praise you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. From the Mashup Podcast with love. And we have one more shout out this week. We do. Actually. Um, today. Today. Today is the big bopper. The man himself. Um, Mr. Mossick. Mr. Mossick. It's Mossick's birthday, so we wanted to give him a shout out and say, happy birthday, Mossick. Happy birthday. <laughs> Steven, give you a little singing a little song over there. But yeah, we had Mossick on for a couple episodes, but we just wanted to send him some birthday love. Indeed. And if anyone else wants a shout out, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. The next time we record, we will give you a shout out. Anthony, I went, I had a stretch to get this bottle this week. Did you go and like try to find like chasing the truck for allocations? No, instead of like having to go on tippy toes, I had to like bend down to get this bottle because it was on the bottom shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> tippy toes. <laughs> I love it. So I've I've brought you the pleasure of this week. Oh God. Of very old Barton Hunter Proof. Oh my goodness. There we are. So very old Barton, the distillery is Barton, 1792, owned by Daddy Says. The bottle date is 2022. The ABV is 50%. The proof is 100. This is a non-age stated bourbon, even though the rumor is it's between four and six years old. The mash bill is 75% corn, 15% rye, and 10% malted barley. And the MSRP is a blistering. Are you ready for this? 1599. Nice. I don't know if we can handle that. That's a that's very pricey. Well, you may get this confused with an old Weller bottle. That's true. That's the old. Uh, that's the old style pirate. Uh, we call it a pirate bottle. Wellers. What do they call them? I don't know. The old style Wellers. Fat bottom. Fat bottom. If you're looking at all the Bartons, this is easy to spot because it has the white label, white neck tag on it to to say it's hundred proof. That's right. And I always think of these bottles, and I don't know why, but I think of them. They look like a bowling pin to me. They do. <laughs> Which is really weird to say. It's almost like if you took the bowling ball, stuck it at the bottom of the bowling pin, so it was a little fatter. Actually, if you made it go through one of those uh, mirror mazes. that's Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mirror maze. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's got a really nice, it's the white and gold accent contrast. There's not a whole lot to the bottle. And it just says that it's distilled by the Barton Distillery in Bardstown and Frankfurt. They kind of uh, doubled up there. But the only thing I will say that you didn't mention is, they have this really cool, weird-looking crest with two horses. It almost looks like Bell Mead's crest. Do you remember Bell Mead had yeah, that weird the, crest yeah, with the horses? That's got V-O-B, right? Right in the middle of it. Yeah, it's almost like they're inviting you to nickname it. This is the V-O-B. It's quite the uh, family crest they got there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, The V-O-B sounds to me like it's an old-school rapper. Like the D-O-C, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Dre. Like, yeah, we got the V-O-B over here, you know. <laughs> It's just, it's very weird it's to sit me. sit next to the crystal. 
<laughs> I love it. I forget to love it. And the 40. Get yourself the Edward 40 hands. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty standard bottle. Um, not much to it. And and Stephen's right. This is, if you if you didn't know about Weller before, like you just know the modern Weller, this is the actual old style Weller bottle that, that was used forever. Well, I guess I finally had myself a, a Weller then. <laughs> Yeah, you got yourself. This, this, this has a black label on it, so uh, I'm going to take this. And I'm going to write twelve right 12 on the front, right. and then it'll be all set. What do you think about that? Finally, yeah, this was easy to get to. <laughs> so, do you want to hear a little bit about this bottle? I, I mean, with that crest, I'm sure this story goes back to the 16 or 1700s. Oh, it, it's close. I mean, you know, I bet you it does have roots that far back, but yeah. I can't go that far back. I mean, Christopher Columbus brought it over. He may have. So, on episode five, we did. A 1792 small batch. You remember that? Episode 57, we did 1792 foolproof. And uh, I feel like we went out of order. What do you think? Because those are technically, from Barton, the more premium offerings. We also one. did the um, the budget episode. Yes, we did. And, and we had a bottle of... Which one um, did you have for that? the 86. That was the 86. That was the 86 proof. Okay. Because we had to go under $10. I remember that. So this is over $10. And I cheated. This you is did. over $10. That was under $10. Yeah. Well, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, we've also, of course, tasted like we tasted in the previous episode, Stonehammer. We've tasted the Kirkland, a lot of stuff that is sourced from the Barton distillery, yeah, of course. Of but we're not going to call that Barton because it technically doesn't say that that's where it comes from mm. on there. Even if they have a picture of the distillery on it, we can't say it that. So anyway, do you know that the Barton brand was founded by Chicago businessman Oscar Getz and Lester Abelson? They founded it shortly after Prohibition in 1933. So they basically were like modern day, like, you know how modern day we think of all these people start whiskey brands and they're like sourcing stuff. That's what they did. They were going around like sourcing stuff. Nice. And then after a while they were like, we need to have something more reliable. So they went and bought what? They bought the Tommy Moe distillery in 1944 in Barstown, Kentucky. Remember no kidding. Tommy Moe. We did that one. Wow. Right? Yeah. And that's when they renamed it to Barton. So they renamed it to Barton. And so, yeah. I'm sorry. Pause. Yeah. So ahead. this has a... DSP number of 12. Yep. I Actually, think, it's got multiple DSPs. Well, I think if you look, the it's, reason... It, it's got distilled by Barton uh, Distillery, Barstown, Kentucky, DSP 12. And then the next line is bottled by Barton Distilling Company, Frankfurt, uh, DSP 113. I'm guessing that has something to do with when it was acquired and what the original distillery was. I'm sure DSP 12 was the original Tommy Moore distillery. That must be, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It must be. Because even though they didn't buy it till 44... They actually, and they they renamed it Barton at that time. Um, I'm guessing, I think that they were making whiskey a lot earlier than that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that there was actually operation on that site from like late 1800s. So I'm sure that they had a, a, a pretty early DSP. So as you know, a common story, <laughs> the ebbs and, <laughs> ebbs and flows of the bourbon industry means that by the early 1980s, this distillery was either barely operating or I'm not sure if it was completely shuttered. I don't think it was ever completely shuttered, but they had rickhouses full of whiskey. They didn't weren't distilling um, all the time. and that's, that's just free aging right there. Yeah, pretty much. They're just yeah. free aging and kind of buying time. And um, after that happened... Uh, Barton, basically, the original operators and stuff died, like, off in the 80s. And then um, I leave the whole thing about whether they were operating or not, the people that are smarter than me. But um, the brand was sold to Constellation in 1993. And guess why it was sold? Because they weren't making any money. 
Yeah, probably because they weren't making money, but also because in the Barton portfolio of brands, guess what they had? Corona, beer. And so Constellation was able to sell that. I mean, they were able to buy that because they were trying to acquire the Corona beer name, which how did that turn out with the coronavirus? Not very good. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so 2009 is when Sazerac actually acquired Barton Brands. And um, they they actually in 2009 acquired it for $334 million. That's pretty big. Wow. A lot of money was spent. And they mostly did it in the same reason Buffalo Trace talks about Sazerac. I keep saying Buffalo Trace and Sazerac in you know tandem with one another. But just to increase capacity, aging... They're, you know, that's why they bought it. But um, a lot of that history, you know where it came from? Where? Um, my main man, Chuck Cowdery. Have you ever read anything Chuck Cowdery writes? No. Okay, well, Chuck, uh, I don't know him personally or anything, but he writes uh, Bourbon, uh, I think it was Bourbon County Newsletter and a bunch of other things that I've read online. And he had a pretty good um, article on the early start of Barton Brands and when they were sold to Sazerac and stuff like that. So Barton actually came from like almost like a, a place of multitude of spirits, right? They didn't just own whiskey. They own a lot of different brands mm-hmm. and they were out of Chicago actually, which is pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, their portfolio now is all over the place. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, Sazerac, you know, being that they own them, I'm sure they're doing a whole bunch of stuff over there at the Barton Distillery yeah. we don't know about. Right. Like I actually heard a rumor that they were dumping Blanton's over there, but uh, I don't know if that's as the rumor or not. Who knows? Yeah. You didn't, if you heard on the Master Podcast, though, it might be true. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we go nose this beautifully crest VOB? I think we should. I think it's long overdue. So I'm going to go real quickly here. I, I get a little bit of uh, cinnamon, and I also get a lot of sharp oak, and um, I get a little bit of apple. I get some vanilla. Okay. And this is going to sound crazy, but I kind of get an obey cookie. For some reason, I'm getting the peanut butter, and I'm getting, I'm getting oats. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's not crazy at all. Like, I don't think there's any oats in there. Well, I know there's no oats in there. I don't. No, I can't in read. There's no oats in the mash bill. <laughs> but um, it definitely uh, smells a little bit of oaty. And maybe that's like uh, baked goods. Just, just yeah, maybe right. not a no baked cookie for me, but like definitely some baked goods for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really um, interesting to me because I, I used to drink uh, very old Barton quite a, quite a while back when I first started on my whiskey journey. So. This is interesting. Well, I accept that drinks uh, the 86. Oh, really? Yeah. But he, I think he just, if something calls for bourbon, he doesn't care. And he's, he's adding it to it. Oh, you know, it's interesting that you said that. I know a senior member, former member of our faculty who also, I could see him walking out of liquor stores from time to time with a large handle of the 86. That's what he buys. If, VOB, I think yeah. it's cheap. Yeah. And it's. But he's making old fashions with it. Yeah. He likes it good enough. I and mean, when I go over there sometimes too, yeah. for the holidays, yeah. I might do the the bourbon and Coke with the 86. Well, that's, I'm like, well, it's not bad, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of proofs, you know what's really weird about uh, VOB? Um, it's been available in a lot of different proof points. And I'm not sure. Is it still available in these proof points? 80, 86, 90, and 100? Honestly, I don't know about the 90. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I know I, I mean, I have an 86 and, and, and there might, an 80. I think there's yeah, an, 80. Have an 80. Yeah. So an 86 and 90, that's very bizarre. It's very strange. And like, I mean, the 86 by itself, I mean, what's, 
What's the meaning behind that? I, I, you know what? I have no idea. Because if you want 80, 90, 100, why 86? <laughs> exactly. What the, like, there's no rhyme or reason. The other thing is, is like when you try to chase down like solid history of when VOB was first offered, it's hard to chase it down. It was offered in decanters in the 60s, the regular eight-year bottlings in the 70s. But modern VOB, as we know it, there's a lot of weird things with proof and age. So did you know this bottle that we're sniffing on right now used to actually be age stated at six years old? I mean, I could guess with the way things are that this thing has changed over the years as far as um, the wording that's been taken off labels. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is not only did they not, did they take the six year age statement off, but after they did that, they did a classic SAS move. You know what they did? Just like the ancient age. Remember we were talking about that? Mm-hmm. They just smacked a big six right on the front. It wasn't six-year age state. It was just a six right on a neck tag. Never. Yeah, and then they moved like the lettering to say bottle and bond across the middle. And then even then, now what does it say? It says... This is a crafted burial barton. Yeah, crafted. They put they took the age statement off. Then they put bottle and bond, which meant it was at least four years old, hundred proof. And then now they've changed it to crafted. Should just say made, made, <laughs> handmade. This this bourbon was made in a, in a <laughs> on a stale. It's kind of crazy that they've done that with this brand. And of course, Saz said the reason they took the age statement came off because of demand. Then the bottle and bond statement came off because of demand. But do you know what I think? Do you know what other product they put out? What's the other product they put out that's bottle and bond? I mean, I'm guessing you're talking about the 1792 bib. Yeah. So you remember we were talking about so 1792? They moved stock over to that? I mean, I think so. I'd love for somebody to explain to me how that was different than having a very old Barton. I mean, they don't, that's the thing. They don't really disclose their mash bills. We're kind of guessing there. But I don't think that 1792 bib was different than VOB bib. <laughs> I mean, they both got to be four years old at 100 proof. So yeah. unless they're pulling them from wildly different places, I mean, it's probably why they aren't they aren't making that one anymore because 1792 uh, bib is a $40 to $45 bottle, whereas this is <laughs> This is under 20 Well, should we go for first taste? I would love to taste this. It's short. Very short. ethanol a little bit. Yeah. Fairly easy to drink. Yeah. Straight. Mm-hmm. I mean... I think I, I think I've a I've had two pours of this now, mm-hmm. and the second pour was better than the first, as usual. Yeah, it's definitely serviceable. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's it's wowing me. Yeah, I don't know that I would say it's wowing me either. I get like a lot of so I tend to like the caramel vanilla, the classic bourbon flavors, a nice oak, and this I get shark oak, shark shark. You get shark oak. I don't get shark oak. I get sharp oak. Is this the next version of shark? Sharknado? It might be. It might be sharknado. Yeah. Um, but I <laughs> I get like um, a lot of lighter fruits, and so I've I've used a descriptor before. I hate the descriptor. The stone fruit, kind of the stone fruits, the uh, apples, the pears, things that I don't typically like in bourbon too much the stone fruits and the pears i like them for breakfast i don't like them in my bourbon you know that's just the way i am it's got a nice hug on the throat nice yeah. hug on that going it, down it does yeah. i agree i can't really well i'll save it but i can't really like i can't hate on this completely because there's a time where i really like this i wonder how this i've had the 86 mix i wonder how the 100 mixes Oh, you mean mixing it with like a, a or, cocktail? Or yeah. Well, I guess based on how your stepdad's walking out with it and how my former colleagues walking well, out with it. I thought it was the 86. Pipe. We had that one, right? We had the 86 back in the budget episode, right? Right. 
Yeah. And I don't remember liking, we liked it okay. We didn't think it was amazing, but we yeah, thought it was I think better. It was, I think it was a, the it was second, three or three, I think. Right? I think it was second. It wasn't the second. I don't think we liked uh Oh, yeah, it was second. Yeah, Michael brought like the a Doc, Crow. Doc Old Crow, yeah. uh, whatever that was. That was bad. It was awful. Yeah, no offense, Michael. You know, continue to say that you brought whatever that brought was. He probably paid $6 for that bottle. <laughs> so it was bad. It was impressive. That's all it was. Oh, absolutely. That you can find something for that cheap. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, I couldn't even stay within the, the confines of uh, trying to find it that cheap. So, pretty interesting stuff. So, Anthony, this is your moment. Would you pass, try, or buy on the crafted Vario Barton 100 proof? I'm so excited. Um, this is actually tough. And the reason why I say it's tough is because I used to drink, as I mentioned earlier, the VOB a lot. And when I first started drinking, I thought it was one of the best values on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And so that's evolved over the years because I went from age stated to bonded to now the crafted. I do think it's lost a little bit of its luster. Um, and when I say it's lost its luster, I don't mean that it's actually bad. I just mean that instead of being a buy, I'm, I'm going to be a solid try on this. And the reason why I'm a try is because there's a lot of emergent whiskey, other things in the category that you might want to try. And going back to <laughs> our budget episode, I probably still give the edge of the stuff that we've tried that's in a cheaper realm to like an early times bib or like um, the other one that I brought that I shouldn't have because I was cheating was a JTS Brown 100 proof. 100 proof yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. And so... I think maybe it might be worth me blinding this versus some of those to see, but I'm just going to be a solid try based on what I'm tasting tonight. You know, it's re- I think it's really hard to kind of evaluate this. Yep. Because you don't want to hate on it because no, no we're doubt. drinking it. And I mean, it's not the best neat pour, mm-hmm. but I mean, probably a lot better than some of, the, some of the other stuff we actually, you know, for real tried. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think I've mixed with the 86 with Coke and it's been, you know, it's been pretty good. So I imagine the hundred, I'm just assuming it'd be better. Okay. Um, more flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely has more flavor. Yeah. I, I think, I think I'll be a try on this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, price is obviously fine. It's good. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a hundred proof. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're drinking, I bet this thing will be probably pretty nice on rocks. Yeah, I think it would make a nice mixer yeah. on the rocks or something else. I mean, and I really, like, here's the honest to God's truth. I don't mind sipping this neat. No, I don't yeah. either. It's not terrible. It's just, I'm not going to like, here's the thing. If I have a whole bunch of whiskey, You're which, not gonna which grab this. yes, we have a whole bunch of whiskey. Both of us have a lot of whiskey. This is not going to stand out. That's a little bit different than saying it's bad. It's just not something that you're going to be like, okay. Yeah, and it's not it really something is. you're going to take on like a family vacation. Because yes. if you're, you're going to try to pick out, you know, moderate the good stuff to celebrate the vacation. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to go there, Yeah, but I mean, I have no problem probably drinking this neat or on the rocks or, you know, I'll probably finish this like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Watching some, watch some Kentucky games and just drinking this <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> you need it after this Kentucky games lately. <laughs> you know, you never know what you're going to get with our uh, old, good old basketball team there. So in previous episodes, we talked about, a little bit how we think the enthusiast markets might be slowing down a little bit and that bourbon might be slowing down a little bit. Do you remember that discussion, Stephen? I do, but, you know, kind of compared to some of the prices you've said on 
some bottles. seems like it's uh, going the opposite. Yeah, I don't think the retailers are slowing down. The distillers are slowing down. <laughs> I think people are slowing down a little bit, which I completely get. But, I mean, maybe that's the time that something like VOB comes into your frame of reference, right? Yeah. So just like the real estate market, you remember when the real estate market crashed in uh, 2007? Like, all the people that had money that could afford mm-hmm. to hold on to their real estate, they were like, I won't bat down the hatches for a couple of years until this thing bounces back up. I think with bourbon, if it does go down, which I don't think it's dropping that precipitously, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not like completely like going down. Um, you might want to bunker <laughs> your really expensive bottles, right? So if they're worth a lot, like you put them away, you don't think about them, you're not going to drink them, you're not going to do anything, and then you go buy yourself some VOB. What do you, you follow me here? I drink that. You drink the VOB during the down times, and then when the when the market comes back up, you pull those bottles back out, and then you trade them. You, you know, you might make profit on them to get what you really want, and then you enjoy. You know so what I mean? You're telling me to liquidate my 401 <laughs> and put it in bourbon. Well, maybe. Maybe if that market swings down, you could do that. <laughs> and with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mashup KY. Also, let us know your thoughts on this blog in the comment section. Until next time, keep it neat. <laughs>